This is the Fantasy Book Discussion Group, and this is August 21st, and there are three of us here, um, and no moderator. Uh, the book under discussion is called Sacred Ground by Mercedes Lackey, and it's a departure from um, her usual uh, medieval magic type stuff and I found it fascinating but I will let you other two ladies say what you thought and um, then I'll tell you what I thought Oops. well I enjoyed it um, it's not her favorite book Her my favorite book by her however you her my favorite whatever uh, I it was a little political but that was necessary for the uh I mean, given the character and her circumstances, and it was especially fun for me, because I had read it a long time ago, but I had forgotten a lot about it. I used to live in a town called Wagner, Oklahoma, which is about half hour, 45 minutes east of Tulsa, and and my dad would visit a store in Claremore. Uh, and we used to go through a town called Broken Arrow. They talked about the Broken Arrow, Arrow Expressway. Of course, there wasn't a Broken Arrow Expressway back when we lived in Wagner, but um, the town of Broken Arrow was actually far enough out that it wasn't even a Tulsa suburb. I imagine now it's been pretty well gobbled up by Tulsa. So there were a lot of places in that and the description of the countryside and so on that were very kind of familiar to me uh, so that made it that made it kind of doubly interesting and I love the confrontations at the end where you had the 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 bird battle being mirrored by the people battle and how those went together I thought that was a really cool technique that she used Jenny go ahead well I really liked the book I had already read it before um, so it was fun to read it another time I tend to like these books better than I do um, books about like dragons and stuff like that I guess maybe because I can relate to this type of fantasy a little more than I can that other kind but um, I just really enjoyed I was I mean it was fascinating all the way through as it was the first time and I like books about Native American things so it was especially interesting to me because of that what I like about this kind of urban fantasy which you don't get in the other urban fantasy books is that the magic is so not visible to everybody else um I mean, the the various Native Americans, you know, were very wary. They believed in certain things and so on. But like with the with the battle at the end, you know, the bus wreck had a perfectly natural explanation to it. And everything, people would go on about their lives totally unaware that this magic is going on beneath them, except the woman that had nightmares and a couple of the other people that were affected. And, and they would have assumed it had to do with something, you know, they wouldn't really think in terms of magic and, and spirit animals and so on and that was one of the gimmicks that I thought was really, it wasn't so blatant the way that some of the urban fantasies are and I thought that was neat. Yeah, I, um, I it fascinated me. I love uh, books about Native Americans. I always have. Who knows, maybe in one of my former lives. But in any case, I um, in fact I have dabbled in Native American mysticism at one point in my life, but 
that's a tale for a different <laughs> a different conversation but um i I felt it was well done and well written it's interesting I have never been able to get into Mercedes lackey's other books I find them I don't know a little too political I mean there's a lot of political intrigue and and I like books that that are more action based um, you know that kind of stuff so um, you know I I, um, I I prefer that but yeah I can I can see why you would have said uh, Lana that you know the the political themes were in there well yes you know the the pollution and the the um, uh, desecration of the Native American um, burying grounds and so forth and these are real issues and so um, you know having her write this fantasy kind of uh, dovetails with that in a very nice way Um, I didn't think she was too preachy about it I think she just said it like it was and I too really liked the idea of the the birds mirroring the um the human battle that was going on um i i find these kinds of things fascinating and it does get into some of the the kinds of things that um you know are kind of on the non fiction side of things like the paranormal and and all that kind of stuff which um, I kind of you know I'm not sure about but I kind of think you know there are more things in heaven and earth than are dreamt of in our philosophy if I may paraphrase Shakespeare Um, so I really I was fascinated by this whole book I I really liked it and um, you know I I if there were more books about this particular character, I would certainly read them. I don't know why she didn't follow through with more, because she set it up for her to be, I mean, I couldn't stand that guy she ended up with, but but she um, she set it up for uh, a definite sequel. I mean, not with those characters, but with a, a, a private detective-type series. But she, as far as I know, she never, oh, the one thing I was going to say about Mercedes Lackey that you may or may not know, now I don't know if she's still doing it, but first, she lives in northeast Oklahoma, and I think near Claremore, but don't lock me into the where. And um, she and her husband, Larry Dixon, are involved in raptor rescue the the birds of prey rescue organization so there so when she talks about kestrels and crows and what kind of hawks and and eagles and so on get along with other kinds of hawks and eagles and so on she knows of what she speaks that's interesting um i've i've been, been interested has entered the room aha hello um i've been interested in um uh falcon Reef for a while. I mean, not that I, I uh, have done anything about it, but I enjoy reading about it. Um, I'm not sure I really like birds that well, but um, the profession is interesting. So, um, Kim, hello, hello. And what did you think of our book? Now, I, I haven't um, 
Well, I downloaded, I, I read, I think I read the Enchantment Emporium recently, and I downloaded something called Elfland by Frida Warrington, which I haven't read, but um, I was reading other stuff, so I, I don't know. Well, I've been in your position often. Um, that's why I'm not, I haven't, I didn't log into the uh, science fiction group last week because I hadn't read the book. So, um, and I don't know as I'm going to do that in September because they're reading something I'm not too wild about. But um, anyway, if you do get a chance to read this book, it's quite good um, and uh, well worth the read. I read the, um, the Bookshare copy and I stuck, you know, I put it through Curzy and, and uh, made MP3 files and listened to them on my um, NLS player. So, you know, it, the, the quality was okay. It's not stellar, but, you know, I, I got the idea of the book, and so that's all that matters. Okay, um, characters. What did you like? What didn't you like? Um, yeah, what, what did you like? What didn't you like? Uh, pardon me, but what is the book? Sorry about that. Uh, the book is Sacred Ground by Mercedes Lackey. Oh yeah, well then I have I have read the book. Okay, um, elucidate, elucidate. Oh no, don't tell me you're going to Google Dictionary. Um, shed light. Uh, did you like it? Did you not like it? Um, did you like the characters? What? Well, I think Madeline Bazaar did a great job of reading the book, for one thing, and um, so I thought it was interesting. Um, I think I think Diana was. Uh, I think all the characters tended to be pretty well-rounded. She generally does well-rounded characters, but it has been a while since I've read it. Yeah, I read it in Braille the first time, and then I read it with Nad- Madeline Buzzard too, and I really liked the way she read it. She's usually very good. I have one. I've read a couple books and one series by her that she's too, too exasperated. The characters are exasperated, but she overdoes it. It's a little much. But normally, I think she is very good. There's an Andre Norton's book that she reads that is just fantastic. But I read it on Bookshare. I too thought it was a pretty decent. Um, I hadn't read a lot of Bookshare lately, and and it was. Um, I thought it was a pretty decent reproduction on on Bookshare. Well, another thing that was interesting, of course, is that. Diana Diana is partly Indian and her last name if I'm not mistaken is Cornish so that's kind of an interesting combination to be to have those two disparate traditions in her background are we talking about the same book Jennifer hey sorry about that maybe I'm wrong <laughs> it's been a long time ah uh, Kim this is the book about the Native American gal who is uh, uh, part Cherokee and part something else. I forget. Uh, but it's another uh, Native American tribe. Um, not Zuni. Uh, Ute, maybe? Um, I can't remember. Anyway, um, and she is a medicine woman, and she's under the tutelage of her grandfather, does this begin to sound familiar? Well, I think what I was doing is I was mixing up When the Bow Breaks 
with Mercedes lacking Holly Lyles of this one. Yeah, so I've read those, both of those. And, uh, yeah, 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 I, I did read it, but it's been a while since I did. Osage. Thank you. I couldn't remember. Um, yes, Osage. Sorry about that. Um, huh, I should get my tribe straight. Oh, well. <laughs> uh, yeah, well, you know, I... At least I didn't put, uh, I didn't say Iroquois. I mean, you know, I, at least I've got some sense. Cherokees were marched out to o- Oklahoma via the Trail of Tears, where they were likely to meet the Osage. There's a whole bunch of tribes out there that were marched out, thanks to good old Andrew Jackson. Um, but the, um, I, I, since she concedes it, you know, when, when she wrote the book, uh, she wasn't, she was taking from a variety of traditions and even Jennifer and her father you know they took what worked and they didn't take what didn't work they had sort of adapted and changed it which I thought was kind of interesting I also thought it was interesting how her grandfather worked with the neighborhood kids you know to try to give them a few hints about looking after themselves and so on yeah I I like that part too because it's uh, very tribal uh, that the grandfather would try to uh, interest the neighborhood kids in uh, things spiritual and, you know, ethical and so forth. Yeah, I, I thought that was very good. And it was it was part of his character that I really liked. And um, you mentioned that you weren't happy with the guy that she ended up with. Well, thing is that this guy... Um, which is why I wanted to read more about him and her, uh, that he, you know, kind of developed through the story. He was all, you know, in the beginning, he was all concerned about, you know, Indian rights and so forth and so on, but he really wasn't prepared to accept um, the Indian mysticism. No, it it was okay to be politically correct and to fight for his people and all that but he it really didn't uh you know it really wasn't real somehow and then all of a sudden it became real and um he started you know started on his his road to um to changing so i thought that was i thought that was well done um but I can understand why you didn't like him, because he really wasn't very likable, at least in the beginning of the book. I can tell you, I remember when I was reading the Dragon, the uh, Memory, Sorrow, and Thorn trilogy, the protagonist starts out as being a bit of a goofball and then grows into a really good, responsible guy. It was interesting to see how he changed. Well, isn't that what life's all about? I mean, you, you start off being sort of a goofball, and you supposedly if if things work out right you grow into a responsible human being um you know it it uh kind of works out that way or should um i mean i can remember uh, you know being in my 20s and being extremely idealistic um i threw that away somewhere around age 40 <laughs> so i'm not an idealist anymore but it was fun while it lasted. I grew up in, I was in college in the in the late 60s, and uh, I 
was very frightened by a lot of the um, demonstrations and destruction and angry rhetoric and stuff, stuff that was going on then. And I just don't have any use for that kind of political activism. And uh, it's uh, it's so destructive. Uh, he wasn't being all that destructive, and and she does have a counterbalancing. You know, she she did a pretty good job of um, of balancing. Uh, you know, you you live in the. I mean, even she had air conditioning. You know, when she stepped out of her sauna, that was her sweat lodge, and and had air conditioning. I love the way they adapted a little bit more than some of the other people. But I just don't like those political demonstration lawyers sue everything and i just don't like that kind of person well you know i can understand that i mean because i don't like those kind of people much myself i really don't um but yeah i like the way they adapted things too very japanese in outlook which is is kind of interesting um that a native american medicine man would would have a japanese outlook on things take things from the current culture that you can use and modify them to fit your own needs. I think that's wild. I, I really do. I, I think that's great. Speaking as a folk musician, um, and that is pretty much what you are doing if you're a traditional singer. You're going to be influenced by your culture and by what you hear around you. And I would give them points for creativity. So, yeah, I would say that's sort of part of... Uh, you know, creativity, when you're cooking or anything, you know, you take what's around you and you modify it and see, well, tinker a little here and tinker a little bit there until you end up with something new and interesting. What I thought was interesting is how um, Jennifer and her boyfriend, David, both had to learn how to give up control. Hmm, yes. Uh, that's, that's a very difficult lesson to learn. And what on earth is squeaking in the background? It sounds almost like a baby, but I'm sure it isn't. <laughs> Sorry about that. My puppy's playing with her chicken. Okay, whatever. Hey, um, I mean, I was standing in the upstairs hall the other day talking to the cleaning lady, and all of a sudden her phone starts screaming. I love you, I love you, I love you, I love you. You know, and when you first hear it, it sounds like a cat. And I thought, oh, my God, what's wrong with Tarjay? Is he all right? And I jumped about three feet, and it wasn't Tarjay at all. It was her cell phone with this crazy ring on it. And, you know, I, oh, my God. I got to remember that for the next time the cleaning lady comes, but she hadn't been here for like six weeks, so um, I'd forgotten that she had this this ringtone on her phone that was that sounds like a cat and is this this oh well anyway it's it's crazy ringtone. You don't see anything wrong with just a plain ding ding. <laughs> My cousin has different ringtones for different members of her family. I can't remember what she has for her dad, but her mother has this this caricaturized Jewish mom. This is your mama calling. Call your mama. Give your mama a call. Call me back right now. <laughs> it's really funny. Ah, uh, yes. Uh, yes, the ubiquitous cell phone, and you go past people in the grocery store or somewhere else, and they're talking a mile a minute, and, you know, it's like, are they talking to me? Oh, no, they're not talking to me. They're talking on their cell phone. 
I mean, I can't tell you the times I've gone by somebody who's who said, hello, and I'm going, hello, and they're not talking to me at all. They're talking on their cell phones. So, anyway, but uh, that set aside, um, any other comments on the Mercedes Lackey book? That's one of the few I've read that are what I would call standalone novel. Um, I don't think, uh, I think when it ended it was pretty complete and I didn't get the feel that there needed to be any more said about it, if that makes any sense. Yeah, it ended. She could have had more, it could have been, it's like the old series detective stories, you know, the detective series books, where you'd have the characters and and then the the mystery would be solved, the story would be over, and then there would be another book in the same series. And I'm I'm rather surprised she didn't pick up with more books in that series. It would have been, it would have been good, but maybe she felt she said what she had to say and did what she had to do and it would be repetitive if she tried to do more books. But I think she could have done more with their character as as a series character and you know had their relationship develop further or not develop or whatever but yes it was definitely closed off it was a, a definitely standalone yeah that would be interesting i don't know if it had occurred to her to do that and i think if i'm not i don't know if this is one of her earlier novels but um but for what it was i liked it i thought it was an, i thought it was an interesting read and i'm glad i read it it was fairly while ago because it was i read it uh, before i moved and that was before 2002 and i think it was not right before i moved but you know a, a year or two or so before it was on when it was on the the talking books that were on tape and um that was gee that would have been you know it's probably 10 or 11 years old it's it's been a while I think it was written in 1994, if I remember correctly. Yeah, well, I think I got it as soon as I, it was on tape, because I've read a lot of her stuff, and uh, so I thought it was an interesting book. Okay, any more comments? Um, does anybody have any suggestions as to what we should do for September? Well, I read a standalone book called The Enchantment Emporium by Tanya Huff, and I rather liked the book, and... Uh, it's a standalone, and uh, I kind of li- I thought it was interesting. I don't know if y'all would like it. Mary Kane reads it. She does a decent job. Oh, I think I sort of remember this one. Isn't it her that that she comes to take over this shop, and she ends up meeting all these people and discovering that she's really supposed to be. Um, you know, guarding a whole bunch of, of stuff for people, and, and uh, yeah, I think you mentioned it last time, and I think we said we might do it next uh, next time. Is it, Am I remembering right? You're right. She belongs to the, a family of, 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 of witches, I guess you could say, and she inherits a, play, uh, a shop from her grandmother in Calgary. Yeah, that's the one. That sounds like a good book. Sounds fine to me. I liked it. I I really I really enjoyed the rating and uh, but it it I don't know it was it it felt I liked it and it felt quirky at the same time if that makes any sense. But it was a thoroughly satisfying read. It, I don't think it needed to be in a series because. Um, you had a feeling folks would go on from there, but I liked the book. Oh, I'm trying to remember. 
This isn't the same one with the with the Greek, no, with the Greek apples in it, is it? No, that was the golden, the golden apple or whatever the heck it was. Uh, that was several months back, I guess. Um, okay, yeah, um, I think I've read this book. I know I have, because I remember her arriving at this this place in Calgary. I mean, I do I do remember that part of it. I guess I'll have to... Is it on Bard? Yes, it's on Bard. Um, yeah, and the shop has a bunch of stuff in it, like yo-yos and various little things, and you don't think she's going to sell anything and how she's going to make a living. She doesn't know, and she inherits a leprechaun, I think. Yeah, that's not like the Greek one we read several months ago that was... And that certainly didn't... It had a very uh, distressing ending. Uh, so uh, it ended okay for the characters. They were starting over again in a new civilization, but um, this sounds like it might be better. Of course, I was the one that recommended the Greek apple thing, but, uh, you know, you don't always get it right. Well, I have it, and I will read it. I have it on one of my my drives, so I will give it a read, and I'll email you, Len, and let you know what I think of it once I... Once I do, I don't know if I have you on my email address file, but, uh, um, oh, I I know you're on a couple of lists that I belong to, so I could probably email you and let you know what I'm thinking of it when I read it. What's that book called about the Greek apple or whatever? A Discord's Apple, right? By Carrie Vaughn. That's right. I had forgotten the title. But, hey, you just, I mean, we've got the fantasy list, so you just, you know, let me know which, because we, we comment on fantasy books that we like or don't like or whatever on on the fantasy book list. So you can, you know, write me there or off topic or, I mean, off uh, list or whatever. So uh, that's, I think that I, it wouldn't be appropriate on the bookshare or the bard list. Uh, so the fantasy book list is one we're both on. So whatever. Yeah. Um, and... I've also read stuff by Lynn Flewelling, and I really like her a great deal, but I know she's not on NLS at all. I've She's on Audible or she's on Bookshare, but she's definitely not in the NLS uh, um, program. I don't know why, but hey, it just means that we get to find interesting stuff that may not necessarily be on the NLS program, which is okay by me. Well, there you go. All right, so we are reading... Um, now, of course, I've, I've got everybody all mixed up, but uh, what is the name of the book, and do you by any chance have the DB number? If you don't, don't worry about it. I'll I'll go find it and write the blurb. I never remember the DB number, but the name of the book is The uh, Enchantment Emporium by Tanya B. Huff. By Tanya Huff. Um, and uh, I think she's she's a Canadian writer and I like her I like her I like her style okay that's Huff uh, hotel uniform Foxtrot Foxtrot I think so um yeah I believe that's what it is I'm not sure but I believe it is give it over you know get to look at it at the bars bard site it's read very well Mary Kane does a great job okay um very good. And just one comment before we um, break for for uh, the month. Um, I just read about a third of Watership Down, read by, what's his name, John Horton, I guess. 
And I have to say that I don't like it. I like my copy better. It's read by Alexander Scorby. I mean, this guy does a creditable job. Don't mis- misunderstand. He does he does a creditable job, but um, I got to say, Scorby's reading is a lot better. I never heard Alexander Scorby read it. I got it when Horton read it, so he's the one I know. But I've heard other... I'm, I know I may have heard someone else read it that may have been different, but I like the book. If you hadn't read the Scorby version, then I'm sure it was very good, but I agree with Anne. He is so in a class, or was, so in a class by himself on anything. Once you've heard him read something, it, it, it's very hard to listen to somebody else read it. I haven't read, read it since... Oh, back in the 70s or early 80s. Well, it was, I was in St. Louis, so it would have been early 80s when it came out on, on disc. But uh, it was um, a very, he, 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 it's a very special experience to hear him read something. Well, I did hear him read My Name is Aram by William Seroyan, and I think I can say I never forgot that at all. Sometimes I don't understand why they read books by different people. I mean, sometimes it's like, I'll look, and there'll be the same book read by two different people, and one of them will be longer than the other. And I don't understand why they just don't, you know, copy the ones that are already read and have the readers read other stuff, but that's just my opinion. I think sometimes the quality of the tape isn't that good, because I have Dragon Song. I forgot who read it, but it was um, part of the um, Dragon Riders of Pern series, and it's a really poor... Uh, recording that they used to make that cop to put it on Bard, uh, and I think that some of the older books they don't have the tapes or they don't have them in good in good shape. I mean this this Dragon Song you can hear the the needle crack on the you know the the needle of the record when they play that thing. So some of them are just the recordings weren't preserved properly. And so they had someone else do it, or, you know, maybe somebody screwed up, didn't think to check and see if that book was still around. I don't know, but I I suspect a lot of them have to do with old recordings that are bad. Let me say one thing real fast that will bore everybody, but maybe not. Um, I recently, the latest uh, Terry Goodkind, which everybody knows I'm a big fan of his, the Richard Richard and Kalen back in his time frame, uh, picking up after Confessor, the latest novel, Omen, is out, or the Omen, what is it, the Omen um, machine, or whatever, is out, and uh, I am, of course, reading it. Um, I don't know if it's good or not, but it probably is. Of course, I cheated and looked at the end, and it resolves itself, but um, uh, it's open for others, you know, future books, but it's out. It's on Audible only, so we'll have to wait till it becomes on Bard or Bookshare or one or the other, but uh, just, just mentioning, you know, it's out. Yeah, I know it is. I I think in Audible it's read by Sam Sutsubis, but I I would oh man, I miss Nick Sullivan. He did such a marvelous job on reading it for NLS. He was just absolutely marvelous the way he played Zed. He was the one that made all the Daharans have Russian accents too, wasn't he? That was hilarious. But um, I like Sam. Can't pronounce it. He reads very dramatically on this. He's he's a very good reader, but I, I agree with you that the interpretation of some of the characters was good on that, too. Another thing you were mentioning, you were talking about different recordings. Well, 
I had read two different readers doing Peter Pan, and I must say, the one I liked, there was Julie Shaw, who read it for APH, and Eugenia Rawls read it for AFB, and I liked Eugenia Rawls much better. Although I liked Julie Shaw, don't get me wrong, but I, to me, it was Eugenia Rawls who did it for me. Eugenia Rawls, that was a long time ago, and she was very good. Oh, a comment was made about different times, how books take a different time. If you have ever read a book read by Dale Carter, you would understand why some books take longer to get read than others. I'm exaggerating because she's a much better reader than that, but some do read slowly. Yeah, but Dale Carter, when she read something and she... um you know, she took her time, and she did a great job. I think, now, of course, I could go back in NLS and look at the history, I suppose, but I think it was Dale Carter who first read, for me, <laughs> To Kill a Mockingbird. And that was a distinct pleasure, um, i got to say, and other things. Um, Gone with the Wind, I think, too. If I'm not mistaken, I could be wrong, um, and I often have been, but uh, yeah. Um, Some of those old readers, some of those old readers. Um, Anyway, well, I'm going to stop this recording, because if we're going to continue about old talking book readers, we don't need to uh, do this on the recording. So I will say that this has been a pleasure, and we will be reading... Uh, Emporium Enchantment Emporium by Tanya Huff and I will send the blurb so that everyone will know the DB number which I don't have at the moment and we will be meeting on the third Sunday of September which is let's see if the first is a Thursday That would make the 4th, the 11th, the 18th? I believe it's the 18th, yes. Uh, September 18th. So, um, we'll see you on September 18th.